Hey there, friends. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We don't have a new episode this week, so we're rebroadcasting one of my favorite episodes. Be sure to tune in next week. Uh, we'll have Max Sicer on the podcast, finally getting Max to share a little bit more about him uh, and his journey through life, leadership, and laughs. We'll have a little bit more coming up soon, so make sure to stay tuned. But for now, here's the episode with Dan McLean and a little trick my dad taught me. My name is Jake McLean, and you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hey there, friends, and welcome to today's episode. This is a special one, uh, titled, aptly so, A Little Trick My Dad Taught Me. Uh, I got uh, live and in person, Dan McLean. Dad, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Jake. I'm glad to be on the show. We've been talking for uh, weeks now uh, about getting you on the show. Uh, Granted, the show only started about a month ago. Uh, but uh, excited to have you on. It'll be, it'll be a good adventure. Uh, people get to know you, but in a way they get to know me. Yes, outstanding. I've always I've wanted to be on this show since you started, really. So it's it looks it sounds exciting. It is exciting listening to the other cast. It's really, it's a really cool deal you got going on. Thank you. So obviously we know each other because it'd be silly if we didn't. Uh, so, uh, why don't you tell the listeners uh, a little bit about you? Oh boy, where do I start? Yes, I just turned a ripe old age of forty-eight. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, what do you uh, what do you do? Well, I just uh, transitioned into a new position at Nestle Perina. I've been there. Uh, let's see, it'll be eighteen years in April, and I'm transitioning into a salaried role back from hourly it's kind of uh, confusing because i started hourly there so way back when i went salary for 11 years back to hourly as a maintenance mechanic and then back to salary now as a maintenance planner see so now everybody's getting to know you as i know you um, but of course you are more than uh, just your job so talk to us a little bit about other things that you're doing outside of work. I don't do, um, I'm trying to, the transition from third shift to first shift was a little bit harder than what I thought it was going to be. It still uh, affects me very much. Uh, the, the sleep pattern is still not there. A lot of times I come home extremely exhausted. Uh, so I, I don't do, um, I do have my degree in heating and air. Um, and now is it is the season for heating, uh, especially and, after this wild uh, polar vortex. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's uh, the transition is difficult. It's more difficult than I thought it was going to be, but you know I got to make do with, with whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's a, uh, it's a tough transition. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it. And uh, me working my uh, eight to five uh, student affairs job, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you got, you know, as, as you know, as you're learning and a lot of your listeners are learning, you know, the, uh, 
you're not only working full time, you got to come home and work full time as well as uh, as as a husband or a father. Uh, so, I um, I have recently um, I learned a lot about my health. Um, there for a while, it was not um, it was not doing well, shall I say? So, um, I had to take uh, my health into my own hands instead of paying uh, you know somebody else to tell me what I should be doing. Uh, so it was, uh, it's been a long road, but, um, made several, several leaps and bounds. So, so yeah, so my health is, is in check. I'd like to say, you know, I'm, I'm feeling, looking better, uh, for sure. Uh, feeling better for sure. So, um, it's, uh, my health is very important these days. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, uh, we have, uh, a whole bunch of family who thinks the same. So they're glad that uh, you've gotten uh, into shape. And uh, I'm going to obviously share for good measure, a photo of you for the show notes. Uh, and I might just do like a glow up, like, you know, uh, kind of transformation Tuesday kind of thing, because uh, you look like a damn supermodel now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like I said, it's been a hard road. It's been a long road. Uh, learning about myself, learning what I can do, what I can't do. Um, just the learning experience on a, on its own level has been, has been awesome. You know, I, I wish I could, uh, uh, share over, you know, the, my feelings of, uh, you know, there's so many different programs out there that people are selling or people are telling you to try or this or that it's, it's all over social media and, you know, everything that we do. Um, and all that, a lot of that, I should say, um, never worked for me, um, as well as millions of other people. You know, were uh, I had to take uh, little bits and pieces of different things and put them all together to um, end up where I'm at right now, and that was the difficult part, learning on my own. Um, but once I got it in in check and in line, uh, everything started falling in in place. Yeah. Uh, and seriously, what a uh, inspirational journey that you've been on. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that uh, before in a little bit more detail before the show is over. Uh, so I think that one of the things that is uh, helpful to know, because we just kind of jumped in, uh, I didn't really uh, frame what it is to be on the podcast or, or what uh, the experience is supposed to be. And I do that intentionally so that uh, people don't expect something and then don't get it uh it's kind of like whatever whatever you want to share on the show like this can be a 12 minute episode and we can call it good uh in the next five minutes uh but it can also be uh as kind of deep as you want to go but i really think that uh what is most helpful is for people to get uh the uh the whole image and so i'll ask you questions uh to give everybody kind of a timeline of uh, the story of Dan McLean. Life lessons picked up. We might get into family stuff. Uh, we might get into other work stuff. Uh, and then uh, dive a little deeper into uh, your recent rediscovery of your health. Uh, and so if it's cool with you, uh, we're going to get started. It is cool with me. Dive in on what you will. You've been at Nestle Perina for uh, 18 years, but obviously you haven't always worked uh, at, uh, Nestle. So let's, uh, let's, let's go, let's actually, uh, backtrack. 
So give us like uh, early, uh, early age uh, to kind of, uh, oh, I don't know, early 20s, Dan. Give us the give us the picture uh, where he grew up, what the family was like, uh, all of that. Oh, boy. Yeah. 20s. Oh, my gosh. Remember, it's life, leadership and laughs. Right. Laughs. Laughs. Yeah, that's probably. Laughs is. Uh, I grew up in uh, in Silvis, Illinois. Uh, I grew up in a in a. I, I don't. How would I say? You know, we had my parents uh, gave us everything we ever wanted or needed. Um, my dad was um, an electrician at John Deere Foundry back when the foundry was still open, and my mom my mom didn't work. She just took care of uh, me and my two brothers, so um, it was uh, it was a great great growing up. You know, we like I said, we obviously didn't have the technology that we have now, so we had to make do for ourselves. You know, we had to be outside. We had to go into the woods and make campfires and tear down trees and build forts and all kinds of stuff that you only see on TV now. You know, it's really not. Uh, it's a thing of the past, really. Uh, grew up in pretty strict household from my dad. You know, he um, we got away with a lot of stuff, but um, but when he needed to, you know, to bring the hammer down, he sure did. He did not hesitate to whoop ass, I should say. Um, I think I still hold the record for uh, having wooden spoons broke over my shoulder. So, so you know, we got our ass beat. You know, and uh, it was uh, all about respect Mm -hmm. then. You know, we never, you know, uh, back talk was just like a mumble. It wasn't like, you know, uh, vocal. It was a mumble. But still, you know, I think my dad had like supersonic bionic hearing because, you know, I usually got my ass beat again by mumbling something. So so it was uh, it was pretty strict household, but not, you know, super strict um you know we were boys we, you know we got to go outside and you know it's a meme on facebook now when the street light comes on you know your ass better be home you know we we knew as soon as it started humming that you know we had about 35 seconds to get home and we had paths carved out between the houses you know we knew what we can where we can ditch to to be home in that time frame without getting our you know butt beat so but it was um it was great growing up you know, like I said, we had um, we had a very small house, so we didn't have a choice of being able to, you know, have our privacy or whatever. You know, all three of us were in the same room. You know, we fortunately for me, I was the husky one out of the family, so um, I got my own clothes. You know, so my other brothers had to kind of share sometimes. So, you know, but it was a great it was a great upbringing, um, very loving. Uh, like I said, we got everything we ever wanted. You know, we worked very young. You know, we started working. We had paper routes. We had worked for the farmer across the street when he was there. So we knew what the definition of hard work was that, you know, we're baling hay at the age of 10. You know, so uh, we knew what hard work was. We worked, you know, and made, you know, back then it was, you know, $10 a week. You know, but we still had money. You know, and it was um, the value of the dollar bill. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. And, you know, and uh, early, you know, a little past that, going past that, you know, we, 
I, looking back, I think we were spoiled. We really, my mom did everything for us. You know, it's, uh, and my dad worked, you know, we, we had our issues, but you know, it was, um, it was, I think that close upbringing, you know, really got us through everything. You know, my dad, um, unfortunately died early in my life, uh, in a car accident. So it, that really shook things up. So, you know, my early twenties was kind of like a push out the, you know, throw a out of the nest and, and fly, you know, learn how to fly on the fly, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, that was a very tough still to this day, you know, it's almost 30 years ago that he passed. So, and it's every day is tough, you know, but you, you learn, you learn, you got to push through nothing's going to bring him back. You yeah. know, so you have to live basically, you have to, make your own legacy you know you can't dwell on the past just move forward but in my early 20s um you know i met your mom uh very young she was very young she was just turning 18 and i was just turning 20 so uh on you know we hit it off right away and when i turned 21 on my birthday that's when i found out we were going to have you you know, so it was, um, you know, happy birthday. A blessing. Here's your first legal six pack. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way. And by the way, you are going to have a baby. You know, it's it's funny because I still remember this day that, that there was a commercial on uh, for Oreo cookies. You know, the whole jingle, yep. who's that kid with the Oreo cookie? I don't know, for some reason that stuck with me. And it was like. I would sing that every time I seen your mom. I'd sing, who's that kid with the Oreo cookie? You know, I don't know why. It just was like, that was just our thing, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, there was, um, so being a father early, it was, uh, it was cool because I was still a kid technically. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my mind I was. I watched so. that graduation video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an epic video that will be forever. <laughs> See that's a big part of that's the picture I gotta find yeah. the picture of you now and the picture of you uh, like near or after graduation. <laughs> I think there's like a 200 pound difference, <laughs> or it looked like it, anyways. Yeah, that was that uh, was awesome. Yeah, so uh, you were the middle child, right? Oh uh, yeah, between yeah. between two brothers. Yes, and so you all lost uh, your dad pretty young, and so how did uh, how did that affect strengthen weaken uh imp- how did it impact the uh close-knit community that you had made with each other for each other uh when it all happened you know i think for the most part it thrust us into life you know like uh how would i say not a our our life was not a fairy tale but it was like um a lot of stuff no i can't even say that either it, it felt like with my dad there and my mom there, like it was like we were not, we didn't have to, I guess, you know, like I said, my mom took care of us. She did everything for us. You know, she washed our clothes, you know, whatever, you know, um, they gave us everything we wanted, you know, so, but when, when that happened, you know, I can see it as a, you know, I can close my eyes and, and picture it to this day on, 
you know, the, the police officer coming. Actually, I passed my dad. I worked third shift and I passed my dad. He was leaving and I was just coming home and we gave that kind of that honk and wave thing. So, and then a few hours later, that's when the police showed up to the door, you know, so it, as far as changing, I think there was some major implications from that or a major impact, I should say, from that um, because we were strong, you know, we were family strong. And then when we didn't have our rock, you know, that was, it was, uh, it, it put us in this turmoil because, you know, it was like, okay, now what do we do? You know, our leader is not here. You know, he, growing up, you know, he put that in our head, you know, like your mother is the queen. If you disrespect her, I'll put a foot in your ass, you know, and, you know, I challenged that, you know, I think we all did. We all challenged that and we all paid the price for it, you know, um, at some point, you know, uh, it, uh, but it changed. I think I felt I was always, um, you know, I think looking back, you know, my dad was an alcoholic for a lot of years. Um, and some, you know, he never, never hit us, you know, in a, in a drunken rage or whatever, you know, or never, he liked to argue a lot, you know, uh, especially with my older brother, um, uh, and my mom, but my oldest brother would, you know, take the, take the hit for, I guess, the whole family. He would protect the whole family. I do remember hiding in my bedroom, you know, under the covers thinking that if I didn't say anything, I'm good, you know, but my brother took the brunt. My oldest brother took the brunt of the, of the force and my mom, you know, so I think that changed him, you know, that, um, it, it, uh, it still hurts him, uh, thinking back. Yeah. It still hurts him, you know, that he's, I don't want to say has issues, but I think that he feels that I'm not sure what the word for it is, but it has impacted him for his whole life. I think same with my, my younger brother, it, all the things that we went through as kids impacted, you know, him, uh, from, and from when he passed, you know, I felt the change. I felt the, the difference. It was like, we weren't, we weren't family strong. You know, we were, we were, we're down one pimp down, you know, kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it changed in, in a way that, um, we closed up. We were never, you know, we closed our feelings down. You know, we we have to be strong. You know, it, it closed us down to where we we weren't maybe as close, you know. And, and um, mom was still mom, and she still did everything for us. But, you know, as brothers, you know, I think it it took its toll. It um, changes the foundation of the relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because now, now the roles changed. You know, now the big brother has to be the... the the leader, you know, we have to follow in suit, but, um, it, it impacted us differently. You know, uh, one of us, you know, they would, it would turn, you know, I turned to, I fortunately I had friends, you know, I can turn to to act like nothing was wrong, that I was still good to go, you know, and, uh, my youngest brother maybe didn't have a lot of that. Um, so he was not, there was no way of venting that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, my, you know, some of us turned to alcohol, you know, and, and it worked for a lot of years. We could just shut up and not say anything. We never had that hard conversation like, okay, here's the plan. Mm-hmm. You know, you're number one, two now, I'm number two, you're number three. You know, we just got to make, make sure mom's okay. We never had that. You know, we never had that battle plan, you know, worked out. And, and it probably goes for a lot of families too, but 
I think there was a negative impact when that happened, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, we were thrust into manhood, you know, when we were still kids. You know, so we didn't really know. We didn't have that that adult guidance. Okay, here's your plan. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. So it was difficult to to manage that, you know, to what direction I go. What do I, What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to follow my dad's footsteps and be an electrician? You know, do I carve my own path? You know, uh, same way with my brothers, you know. And, and we were very all very talented. You know, we... We we had our special trades that we can do. Um, mine is acting like I know what I'm doing. Shake my head, yes. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But um, but we're all fortunately very talented to where we can do different things, whatever we wanted. My oldest brother, whatever he wanted to do, he could do. You know, same way with my youngest brother. He was very talented carpenter slash whatever. Um, same with my brother. You know, he's very talented on whatever he wanted to do um you know all three of us really were you know we we all had the trades i just kind of followed the electrical one and mechanical one and it's kind of crazy you know looking back you know like man you know what did what did at that point what did i want to do you know and i had no clue i was i was young then like i said i met, met your mom soon very soon after that and by the time you know it i'm 21 and you know, she tells me we're going to have a baby, you know, so it was, um, from there it was like somebody had their finger on the fast forward button. Cause you know, here we are 27 years later already, you know, and it's, it flashes right in front of your face. Yeah. I have more follow-up questions, but we got to take a commercial break. You're listening to the life leadership and last podcast. I got the man, Dan McLean, uh, on the podcast with a little trick. My dad taught me. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the show, then you've heard about my adventures as a life coach and leadership speaker. I'm currently accepting coaching clients for the next two months. So take the next step with me as a coach and use the coupon code NEXTSTEP for 50% off all coaching services. You can learn more at www.jakespeaks.org coaching. And we are back for Life, Leadership, and Laughs. We are talking about a little trick my dad taught me. I got my dad, uh, Dan the Man McLean, on the podcast. Uh, glad you're on the show. Yeah, this this is awesome. You know, I'm like I said, I'm I'm super proud of you. I'm super proud of what you're doing. Super excited about this. You know, when the first one came out that I listened to, and then when I listened to Max and and John, you know, talk about their things. You know, it was just I was giggling right along with them. You know, because I know I'm. You know, I. I at heart, I think I'm a kid not still, so yeah, probably act like one too sometimes. Hey, I think we're all we're all kids at heart. So before the break, we were talking about growing up, uh, and we I think I believe we just transitioned uh, into you becoming a, a young father. So uh, given your experience with your own family and losing your dad at, at the age that you did, uh, how do you think that that framed you? And your role as a father, um, you know, getting started. I, you know, that's a, it was very, very difficult. I, you know, I can't even say it was difficult because I wanted, I knew 
you know, I, I don't know what it was, um, but I knew when mom was pregnant with you, you know, even before she told me, we, we finally got it confirmed. You know, I knew I wanted to be a father soon. You know, I'm, maybe it was because I was a little scared that, you know, hey, you know, my my dad died early. I don't want to die early. You know, I want to make sure that I grow up and grow old with my kids. You know, so I think that put a lot of pressure on, not pressure, but it was a... Uh, it definitely put a clock on it. Yeah, it put a, it, it did. It put a big clock on it, you know, and it was, uh, I was ecstatic when I found out, you know, obviously I wasn't... Um, financially prepared to have a kid but you know it was um i was super excited about it you know i i don't know if i showed it or not but inside you know i'm jumping around like a little kid like i'm gonna be a dad holy crap you know and it's like and then the holy crap i'm gonna be a dad you know kind of set in like <laughs> the record oh scratches right. and it's like what <laughs> wait a minute i'm a kid i'm not i can't be a dad but and it was, um, I took everything that I learned from my dad, you know, and, and I knew, I, you know, I, I knew that my son, you were going to be special. You know, it's, uh, we, we have, you know, multiple kids, you know, obviously we had Mariah, um, my know, sister. Yeah. And ironically on my 25th birthday, we found out we were going to have Mariah. So it was, uh, but I knew. I knew that you were destined for good, big things. You know, since you were just a small fry, you know, you were, you were already, you know, you showed, um, you just brought love and you bought, you, you were, everybody's, everybody wanted to be around you. You were, you were a baby, you were a a toddler, you were, um, you were just a kid that everybody wanted to be around because you were so super smart at a very young age and it was very impressive you know people talked about it all the time and i stood with my chest out like that's that's my boy what is up (laughs) right yeah but you know it was um you know i i just tried to do it my dad to me give me the tools to be successful what do you need what do you you know what do you need to be successful and uh, i just wanted to make sure that you had those tools and and i didn't want to lead you down a path that you're gonna be on and you're going to follow the McLean trade and you're going to be a carpenter or electrician or a drywaller or something to do with that. But I wanted to give you the tools to be successful, to, to make your own decision to carve your own path on where you wanted to go and what you wanted to do. You know, and it was, um, and that's all, that's all I worked towards. I didn't, um, there was no plan. There was no playbook. There was no, this is how you do this, you know, and my dad, we, we never had that conversation like, okay, boy, when you have your kid, this is what you have to do. There was none of that. You know, obviously my dad was taken from us at a young age and, you know, would I give anything to go to him and say, dad, what did I do? I messed up here, you know, or what advice do I give my son? You know, and, um, you know, it's, uh, so that was tough. That was tough because that that void and that vacancy was there, you know, and I didn't have a resource to go to and bounce things off of. And, well, Jake did this today. But I know for a fact that, you know, and and I can't say that I was jealous of the relationship that you had with Grandpa Gonzalez because you guys were ride or dies, you know, and, and uh, mm-hmm. I know why, you know, and it was... Uh, you know, that was kind of, I, I was kind of jealous about that because I was like, man, if my dad was here, him and Jake would be like two peas in a pie. You know, and it was, uh, 
that was kind of hard for me to at the end of the day I, I was proud of you because I knew you were growing up to be somebody big you know so so yeah it was so um both uh Uncle Mike and uh Uncle Joe uh have kids as well do you ever compare notes you know I don't think we ever did I think we were equally proud of our kids um you know, they, all of them chose different paths. You know, they didn't, you know, they go down the whole, I want to be this, like my dad. You know, we all gave them, you know, equal opportunities, I guess. You know, they say, hey, you know, do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. You know, um, you know, with the whole, you know, my my thing for you was, you know what, you, you could fall in a pile of shit and come out smelling like a rose kind of deal, you know. And also my other favorite one is, you know, take care of number one before everything t- turns into number two. Yeah. You know, um, I think that was the same for my brothers too, looking, you know, looking at it, you know, that, hey, here's life. You know, I can, it can be harder, it can be easy, whatever one you want to do, you know, it's up to you. You know, I don't want to dictate which direction you go because that sucks. You know, make your own decision, you know, but, but be a man, you know, do man things. Don't, don't punk out, you know, and, you know, I hope I gave examples of being a man, you know, and making good decisions. You know, looking back, I think I, I did, but you you always second guess yourself, you know, as a father, you know, you, you know, you want to be, you know, oh, look at me go, but sometimes, you know, fathers fail, you know, fathers don't have all the answers, you know, obviously, like I said, there's no playbook. There's no, you know, you have limited resources you can go to, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, um, you're the dad, you know, and that's, that carries a big, a big responsibility, you know, on, on what direction you point your kids or if you let, let them the freedom to make their own choice, you know, it's, uh, it's a big responsibility. And fortunately for me, you know, I think that, that I did okay. Well, you know, uh, I might be a little biased here, but I think you did a little bit more than okay. Uh, you know, you got a, uh, you got a one kid who's uh, a brilliant mom uh, raising uh, a totally rambunctious toddler, uh, and you got a son who's uh, married, who's got a mass, a whole master's degree, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know. I think that uh, it's funny that you used both of the lines uh, that I now tell to students. Uh, the take care of number one before it all goes to number two and uh, fall on a pile of shit, come out smelling like a rose. Uh, some of the students that I work with are going to listen to this and be like, hey, <laughs> that's where you got that from. That's no fair. Right, right. Uh, so, um, but no, I think that uh, covering this period of life uh, kind of helps get everybody else into the context, the frame uh, of your own mind. So I appreciate you going down this rabbit hole. No, no problem. So one of the one of the things you mentioned a few times is that you and your brothers were involved uh, in trade related work, and so uh, to my recollection, you didn't all you weren't always involved in the trades in the various jobs that you've held before Nestle. So walk us through some of the some of the career choices early on before pre Nestle. 
Yeah, that's uh, that again. That was uh, that was something from my dad that that you know he said, hey, you know what? Carve your own path. Do what you want to do. Don't don't follow me just because you know. I'm an electrician at John Deere, you know, and I work for the big John Deere, you know, just you know, do what you want to do, do what makes you happy. But the problem was, is I didn't know what made me happy, you know, and most of us at that age don't, you know, usually it's like, Ooh, I'm 21, I'm going to start throwing it down. So really, basically, you know, when you get that age and when you have that choice, it's kind of like, a, it's not really fair because you're turning 21 and you just want to go to the clubs and live life. You know, you don't want to worry about a career path, but for me, I had a, I had a child now, so I had to make, make a choice on, you know, Hey, I was stocking groceries at Eagle country market, you know, and I was like, well, well, I can't do that now. So well, I could, and it was a pretty decent job, but you know, obviously I wasn't going to become a millionaire at it. So, you know, I had to, had to forge through, had to forge my own path and, and which led me into going out to the to the beef plant out in Joslin, you know, to um, cur- you know further not even further my career, but to learn how to slaughter cattle, you know, and it was it was obviously there for the for the money, you know, and nothing more than that because it was you know just stand there and cut on cows all day long, I guess, <laughs> you know, and chop you know do various jobs out there, but. You know, she's uh, uh, after that, you know, working for the police department for a while, you know, that was a career path, you know, you want to do as a kid, you know, oh, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a cop, you know, I want a police officer. I want to do, I want to do this. So that was always in the back of my head, you know, and did that, loved it, you know, but it was still not, you know, the most, you know, the safest thing as, as a young father to be involved in, you know, so a lot of long nights and you know, shady people that know you by first name and know where you live and all that crazy stuff. So obviously I, I had children I, I couldn't, you know, afford anything to, you know, to happen. So, so then there was a uh, warehouse manager. I don't even know where that came from. I think I just bullshitted my way through that interview. Basically. <laughs> That's the secret kids. That's the secret. BS your way. That's it. I really, you know, I didn't have, you know, I think uh, I worked at a little chop shop. They they call it a chop shop. You know, for John Deere parts. Um, and again, I don't I don't recall having any supervisory experience before I went in there. So I was again, you know, telling them what they want to hear. You know, but but learning. You know, learning, uh, doing research before you know go into the company. You know, so then when they do ask you the big questions, you're like, then they're like, ooh, you're, that's impressive. You know something about us, right. yes. Yeah, so, you know, and did, did stuff like that. And then uh, something kind of I knew, you know, it was like, you know, machinery, you know, and, and and mechanical stuff, you know. So that was that was a no-brain. That was easy to get into. And then just gained experience, you know, and then, you know, staying there a few years and then, then getting into kind of a leadership role there as a, as a supervisor, floor supervisor, you know. So then, you know, going in there and, and learning – how to do that for a year or so and then went in inside the office to, to work in inside sales you know for the same company inside sales slash planner I guess you would call a scheduler you know kind of a role so just kind of did that uh, I, like I said the tool steel warehouse you know I don't even know where that came from I think yeah I, I left 
that little chop shop to go to the tool steel warehouse, which was the same kind of a machinery. So I knew what they were using, you know, and, and just kind of basically, you know, just took all my training that I took from the other places and put it all together and, and talk to them. And, you know, you, if you know what you're talking about and you have experience, you know, that's, that's what they want. That's what they need. So got in there, worked there uh, for, that was about four years, I think before um and then found out that they were going to close shop in the place i was at and move it back to chicago and mama didn't want to go to chicago <laughs> so yeah you know, i was like then a buddy of mine told me that his place was hiring which um turned into be nestle perina and that was that was probably the toughest interviewing job that i've ever had hmm. you know because they they try to well with all the in all the industries now, they're going to behavioral questions. Right. You know, instead of they, they don't want to know. At this time, though, they, they were more in. I applied in like it was like in October. And that was the same time frame that the, the tool steel place was closing down. So um, so I got my first interview was kind of like like, a, you know, informal kind of, hey, how you doing? This is me. This I'm a engineer trainee and i'm here asking questions you know blah 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 and it's just me and this young kid and he's asking me and, and again i just you know told him you know well here's my experience this is what i've done and you know this is whatever you know here i know this i know all these machines you know I've, and he turned my name into hr as like a, a candidate a potential candidate so but the problem with that is i had to wait three months for the next interview because it was, a, it was a transition time for the company Perina, which was was purchased by uh, Nestle, so there was a transition period there where they didn't hire anybody because they were just doing the finalization of the sale, so they didn't hire anybody. So, and I think it was like March. You know, we would come home. I remember, you know, we would go somewhere, we'd come home and and run up to see to see if there was a message on the machine, you know, and you know, and then that that day in March when. I ran up and seen one message. Oh my God! Played the message and it was you know to come back for another interview. You know, and we're all falling on our knees and you know praying like, oh my God, thank you, thank you God. So and then and it was uh, went in and very intimidating environment. You know, they had this big long table set up and like four people asking all these questions. You know, and I was like, most of them were behavioral based. And tell me about a time when. Right. Yeah, you have an employee as a piece of shit, and you just want to strangle him and throw him into the machine. What 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 happened, and what did you do? You know, like, oh, yeah, I just said, you know what, come here and let me give you a hug, you know, and choke him out until he taps out, you know. And Get your work done. Yeah, but fortunately, it wasn't that way for me. So, aside from work, aside from family stuff... You've had your fair share of health problems, and you alluded to that earlier. Uh, so, um, what was the moment for you when you uh, kind of reconsidered your own health, where you were at, and why you decided to make the change that you have have made so far? You know, for me, I, I was diagnosed with diabetes like in '96. And, you know, that all the doctors say, oh, well, you know, this is going to happen. You got to do this and you got to do this. And now you got to start taking shots. And I was like, well, what? Wait a minute. You know, I, that's not, I feel great. You know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, 
I don't feel bad. I don't, uh, well, you don't feel bad now, but wait, because you're going to go blind. You're, you're, you know, you're, all your extremities are going to fail. You're going to, your feet are going to hurt. Your, li- your kidneys will stop, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm 36 years old. I'm 30 whatever years old. And that's no way. So I went a long time without taking care of myself. Long time. You know, I think, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the A1C, but it was extremely high. And in some cases, it didn't register it was so high, you know, on, on, on the machines. And, you know, I had, I had a lot of failures as, as health failures. You know, I got taken out of work in an ambulance one time because of my blood sugar. And then it was, uh, it, it was crazy. And I knew it. I knew I was damaging my body, but it was like, I feel great. I, you know, I don't, um, I can't tell my blood sugar is like 500, you know, it's, uh, you know, then, you know, a few years down the road, like, oh yeah, my feet are bothering me now. Okay. There's, you know, that's what they said was going to happen. I think it wasn't until the point where, or it was at the point where I, I slowly started to get into the idea like, okay, you know, I'm. 240 pounds, you know, I'm carrying all this weight. I can't get up a flight of stairs without stopping, taking, you know, a couple of breaths before I move on. You know, as um, I look terrible, embarrassed, you know, obviously to take my shirt off to go to a swim party or whatever. You know, and, and all these things were adding up, you know, okay, this, this, this. I complain all the time about being tired. And, you know, I was working third shift. I was miserable. You know, I was tired all the time. You know, I was like, man, I just can't do it anymore. And, my body started dropping out on me. You know, it was, uh, obviously I had, uh, issues with my eyes. Obviously I went blind in the right eye. You know, I had to have surgery to correct some stuff and, you know, all these, the doctors want to push all these medication, you know, on you and here, take this pill, take that pill, take this one. By the time you know it, you're taking five different medications and they all make you feel like shit. So it was, um, I can't, I can't remember exact date, but finally after, you know, I had to see a kidney specialist, I have to see a diabetic specialist, then I had to see this kind of specialist. And then it, you know, and the insurance, you know, then finally, you know, I'm paying $70 every time I have to go to a specialist. And it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. It was nonsense. I'm taking five different medications. I got to pay for all those medications. I got to pay for it. I, then, then I, it got bad enough to where I had to start taking insulin, you know, and it was, uh, that's just another added cost. And I, I just finally had enough. I finally had enough of feeling like crap all the time. I had enough of medications. I had enough of doctors. And I was looking, you know, I, like everybody else, you know, I was looking for the secret, you know, like, what's the secret? What is, what is the, you know, what the hell is, um, you know, all the, not until, you know, what is, what's the, what's the secret? What's the secret of doing it? What's the secret of being successful? You know, you see all these, you know, 20 year old guys with, you know, arms like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and, you know, it's uh help, you know, they're, and they're telling, oh, yeah, buy my program and your program is awesome, you know. But it wasn't until, you know, I was like, there was really no, you know, like zero day, like, okay, I just, you know, almost had a heart attack. Um, but my oldest brother did have a heart attack, you know, but I think I was a little, I was already kind of involved in, in health and taking care of my body. And, and exercising and eating better, not good, but better than I was. 
but it, it um, all that added up, you know, and finally it was like, you know what, I got to do it for me. I can't do it for work. I can't do it for, you know, I got to do it because, because I have a lot of things, a lot of blessings to live for. You know, I have my kids and my wife, my my grandbaby. You know, it's uh, I want to be here when I to walk my wife down the or my my daughter down the aisle. You know, I want to be there for those things. I want to feel better. I don't want to take this shit. You know, I I want to want to look better. You know, I and and finally I just said, you know what? It's um, it's up to me. You know, it's not up to anybody else. You know, like I told you on that message. You know, I have the secret. I finally found the secret. I was like. Oh my gosh, you know, it's the it's the golden chalice. Here we go. You know, you drink a little bit out of this and you're you know, you're gonna you're gonna be awesome. You know, but it wasn't. It wasn't that was not the secret. The secret is getting off your ass and doing it is the secret. You know, you can complain about it all the time, and I did. You know, I was like, Oh god, I can't do this. Uh, I can't you know, I can't get out of bed to go do this, but I can't do this. I can't do that. And I feel like crap. I look like crap. And I just want, I just want to be able to do it. But the, the secret is doing it, you know, going to the gym, you know, going and doing it and making, you know, telling yourself, you know what, it's going to be a long road, but at least you're trying to do something, you know, and, and it was, um, probably the most, one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Um, because like I said, nobody nobody's the same everybody's different you know so i i so i can't reflect on one specific instance when it's when you know i said okay enough of this shit i'm going i'm going to do it you know i didn't have a you know medical emergency or whatever but i was just all of it was start starting to add up you know and I, my legs were hurting my feet were hurting my kidneys were not working right they're failing you know the um my eyes were still messing up so so it was that you know i just made the decision you know what this is bullshit uh if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and i'm just gonna by trial and error you know nothing it was trial and error i learned everything on my own i didn't have a fancy workout plan you know i never bought anything on the internet to say hey yeah this is you um, I did go to a, a doctor, kind of a weight loss specialist doctor, but, you know, he was just, you know, it was, he gave me some direction, you know, he gave me some tools and said, Harry, do this and try this. And, you know, some of it worked, some of it didn't, you know, most of it was on my own learning, you know, YouTube does wonders. Uh-huh. It was, um, difficult, frustrating, very frustrating. But look at what you've done so far. Yeah, it's, uh, I feel, you know, I feel fantastic. You know, obviously I got compounding issues now because I did not do it sooner. I did not take care of myself. You know, um, I have come a long way. I have learned a lot about my body and I'm 49 years or 48 years old, you know, and finally learning about my body and what I can do and what I can't do. I wish I would have done this like 40 years ago. You know, it was, um, like I said, it's been a long road. You know, it's a, it's been a long road, you know, went from 240 or 230 and some change to, you know, to 185, you know, 185 pounds. I haven't been this weight since probably birth, you know, so it's, uh, it feels like anyways. Yeah. As we're wrapping up, um, 
thinking because uh, we've hit on now on a few different times of your life in terms of um, making uh, your legacy uh, professionally, uh, your legacy as a family man, uh, all of the stuff growing up and uh, as a as a young father, all of those things. So we've covered a lot of stuff. If you had to boil it down to uh, kind of key uh, turning points and uh, life advice you'd give to listeners as a result of those turning points, kind of what would they be? Let's see. Turning points. Obviously, becoming a father is a huge turning point in your life. You, know, you're, you, you go from essentially a young kid that's like has no direction to like you just forced your direction now you know and and what that's what i did you know it's um you know it, there's nothing wrong with that you know absolutely not i is so fortunate that i did have kids young so i could grow with them you know and it's a uh, it's extreme my my advice um is would probably be to to do that you know what have kids young you know, so you could grow with them, you know, not, you know, there, like I said, there is no playbook, there is no plan, you know, there is, uh, everybody's different, you know, but, um, but grow with them. And I think that was probably the most blessed thing in my life that I was allowed to grow with my kids. You know, I worked a lot, but, and I, I missed a lot, but I was allowed to grow with them. You know, and, and that was, um, but, but just be, Give them the tools. My advice is give them the tools. Don't carve their direction. Don't carve their path. Let them do that. You just stand back and give them the tools and say, okay, here you go. Here's your hammer. Forge through. Here's, you know, here's whatever. For Do it. Do what you love to do. You know, and, and, and make sure that you're good at it. Um, you know, if you love it, do it. You know, you could... You know, you can go be a big banker and make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, or you can go work for the college and and be um, a special person there that helps people, you know, um, you know, just just support them. You know, don't don't push them. Just give them the tools and, and watch what they do. Watch what they do and then be there if they fall. You know, it's um, nobody's perfect. Your parents aren't perfect. We're not perfect. We never will be, but we'll learn together. You know, we'll learn together. And there's nothing that you can't get through in your life if you if you love and you 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 love, you forgive, and you allow yourself to be loved and accept forgiveness. Hmm. Damn, where do you even take that now? You know, I generally leave the last little bit of time open for anything that you think that we haven't hit that you think or even something that you want to expand on and then I'll, you know, kind of paste it around. Uh, but basically the next few minutes are yours. If you think we missed anything, you know, I don't, I don't think we missed anything. Um, maybe a, a word of encouragement to, to young listeners, you know, like I said, I'm a ripe old age of 48, you know, the young listeners, um, look at, look in the mirror and ask yourself, you know, is this the way I, I like looking at myself? Do I look okay? Do I feel okay? You know, at a young age, take command of your health uh, because the, the pains and the, the stupid crap you got to go through when you when you don't and when you get my age is not worth it. You know, live healthy-er, 
you know, it's, um, I'm not, um, you know, get yourself a gym membership, you know, spend, you know, I have a lot of shit going on, but you know what? I get up at four o'clock every morning and make sure I'm in the gym every day. You know, I'm tired as hell when I get home. Don't get me wrong, but you know, take care of your health at a young age, you know, and, and then you won't have to worry about spending $230 a month on medications, you know, and, and having to give yourself injections, you know, and so take care of that shit now and finance young finance is another is another topic you know um save your money you don't need stupid shit you know just you know get what you need get what you need not what you want you know and then when you do get my ripe age then you can say you know what i had enough of this shit i'm gonna retire and you can because you have money because you saved it you know save money they don't teach that in school anymore they never did you know that was one thing i wish my parents would have taught me is how to save money and how to be financially prepared because maybe i could retire early but it ain't looking like it <laughs> all right well i think that uh we've taken enough uh of your time so uh dad again uh, i know i can find you anytime but i appreciate you taking the time and being on the show today oh i loved it thank you very much for having me and thank you listeners for listening to today's show remember that you can listen to the podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts You can follow my speaking and coaching services uh, by visiting my website and subscribing, www.jakespeaks.org. Or you can just follow me on social media. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MCLeadershipGuy. Until next time, take care.